0: You're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your host, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney.
1: So on to part two of this best of 2018. Last week, we shared our 10 through six picks along with some songs or some artists that just didn't quite connect with us. Uh, And we also shared, or at least I shared, my top 10 mainstream albums. But as we explained in part one of this best of, We're kind of going with a little bit of the not-so-mainstream records that were our tops for 2018. Hollywood,
2: you out there, baby? I am here, and uh, you know, after I said that uh, I didn't connect with that Ace album too good, my power went out for two and a half days. I think Ace is uh, messing with me.
1: Maybe he got a little bit of shock, me!
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think uh, bad juju is happening in this house. (laughs) I'll teach you to talk about me curly. (laughs) And the funny part is I'm sitting in the basement and I've got all this kiss stuff and I have more ace stuff than I do anything else. So just reminding people, I love ace. Ack. (laughs) Ack. I can't do it. Oh,
1: great. Uh, It's all good. Like we said last week, it's all about us. These episodes are all about us for the 2018 best of, because we got to be honest, right? We got to pick what we love. And so that's kind of what we did. That was certainly my top 10, and it was certainly things that I enjoyed from 10 to uh, 6 in the first episode. And hopefully you guys dig some of it. Hopefully you've discovered some things maybe you missed that's the way I treat top 10 lists each year as I go and I find stuff that I missed or hadn't heard of. So I always
2: go check it out. And spoiler alert, you're going to hear some great music today.
1: Oh yeah, we got some goods. Our uh, our five through one picks have some good stuff in it. Last week had some good stuff in it. We gave a lot of love to Striker last
2: week. Yes, sir. Okay, so let's start with... Um... My mainstream top ten—is that good? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, let's get let's get into your mainstream top ten. All right, so my mainstream top ten—couple of repeats from Steven's list. At number ten, D. Snyder's for the love of metal. Uh, I was surprised. I didn't really like the Widowmaker stuff. I love Twisted Sister. Uh, I like some of the Widowmaker stuff. I should take that back. I didn't know if I was going to like this album or not because. D didn't really have a lot to do with writing the songs, So I'm like, okay, they basically hired him to be a vocalist on songs. That's it. And honestly, those songs are pretty damn good. And they connected to his voice really well. I would say my favorite on that album is Roll Over You. So if you check that album out, uh, give it a shot. Number nine, I guess some people would say this is out of, uh, what, what what does Stephen call it? Out of format. I don't think Shinedown's out of format. Um, if you listen to their new album, Attention, Attention, there's guitar-driven rock all over that damn thing. And I'm telling you, the vocals on Shinedown Records are amazing, amazing melodic hard rock. And Attention, Attention is absolutely no different. My favorite song on there is Devil. So uh, if you check out Shine Down, Attention, Attention, I think you'll uh, really, really like it. My number eight for uh, my goth brothers and sisters out there, Black Veil Brides released a new album, called a veil and uh you know black veil has released a few albums and nothing really topped that first and second album for me but this new album is a lot more like the classic stuff and black veil can be hit and miss depending on you know if if you like your uh music a little more darker your subject matter a little bit darker they're not always singing about sex drugs and rock and roll but you know not everything's always about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Or if you like your music shittier. <laughs> oh, whatever. But there's a great song. My favorite song on there is called Wake Up. So check that out. <laughs> number seven. Number seven. I talked a little bit about them on the last episode that Alice in Chains has found their classic sound. And I get it. They've released a couple albums now with a new singer, and nothing's ever going to be man in the box. I get that too. But this new album called Rainier Fog, it's really, really close. And uh, Alice has not lost a step. Check out this song, Fly. It's probably my favorite song on that album. Another great band from the 90s, Godsmack. I- I've liked Godsmack. I actually like Disturbed better than Godsmack. But I will tell you that Godsmack's new album, When Legends Rise, kills evolution 10 times over. Because Godsmack stuck to what they were good at. That music that wants to just make you pick up a car and throw it. It's that type of just aggressive. Man, Sully just rocks. There's even a ballad on this album that is unbelievable. Sully's emotion just comes out. If you haven't checked out Godsmack's new album, When Legends Rise, check out a song called Say My Name. It's a great album. All right, this might be a little bit of cheating, but my number five album is an EP. There's no way I could leave it off the list. Y&T released an acoustic album, Volume 1. Six great songs Um, they did acoustically in a studio, came out great. Uh, Manichetti sounds great. The band sounds great. It's just, God, I've listened to this album probably 200 times uh, since it came out. It's a great six songs, but I would tell you the Rescue Me takes the cake. I wish they would have released Rescue Me Acoustic years ago. They hadn't really ever done it officially, but uh, now they have and it's great. Stephen Michaels number one was Judas Priest. I got it at number four. I'm a priest lover too. I just thought that there's, you know, three albums I liked better. Uh, my favorite song off Firepower is Flamethrower. Did you say what your favorite song was off a of priest album?
1: No, because it's hard for me to pick a favorite. There's probably two or three. I love flamethrower just because it, I think it's a throwback to like British steel, but I also love lightning strikes and, um, never the hero is great as well.
2: Yeah. My number three, Stephen also had it slashes living the dream. Just like Stephen said, like slash continues to put out great music. Who knows when he's got the time, but his band's great. Miles is a great singer. My favorite song off there is uh, Mind Your Manor, so if you haven't checked out Slash's new album, please do so. Number two, probably maybe a surprise to some, but probably not a surprise, it is Hailstorm, Vicious. Might be surprised that it wasn't number one, I'll tell you about that in a second. Hailstorm continues to put out amazing music. I think they got the only shot to be like the next biggest rock band on the planet. It'll just be it'll just depend on if people go out there and continue to buy music and continue to support hard rock and continue to go to live shows cuz Hailstorm can be that band that carries the torch into the next generation. My favorite song on Vicious is Do Not Disturb. It's a great sexy song. It's it's really cool. And my number one, it was number one the minute I heard the first album the whole way through. It never changed. Came out in April. The minute I heard Striper's new album, Goddamn Evil, including the first single, Take It to the Cross, that album does not have a dud on it from front to back. Amazing. If you think Striper is just honestly or calling on you from the 80s, guys, Striper is Christian metal. You need to go listen to new Striper. It will blow you away. If you want to give it a shot, Check out the song The Valley. It's my favorite Striper song on that album. What do you think of that list? Uh, okay. I'll give my recap of your list.
1: D. Snyder, for the love of metal, also on my list. Fantastic. Shine Down. I like some Shine Down. I don't like it all. I haven't heard anything new, so I can't really comment on it, but I do have a few uh, Shine Down songs in my collection. Black Bell Rides, Sucky. Um, <laughs> Alice in Chains is a solid record. I saw them live this year. They were also very good live this year. Godsmack, for whatever reason, Godsmack's a little bit like Disturbed for me in terms of I just never really connected with Godsmack. And when I talk about bands that I should like but don't understand why I don't, Godsmack kind of falls into that category. I'm not really sure why. I've never connected with them because they have all the qualities of a band that I would love, but for whatever reason. Y&T, if I was a referee with pinstripes on, I'd be throwing yellow flags and red flags and all kinds of penalty flags on this selection. One, it's an EP. Two, it's a freaking essentially a greatest hits because it's not, I mean, it's no new stuff on it. So I don't know why you would even put something like that in there. That's completely false penalty, red flag. That's bullshit, pooney That shouldn't be even allowed. I don't know why you put that in there.
2: You're just pissed off because the Cowboys are doing better than the Falcons. You're just mad. Dude, I'm a Steelers fan. so, <laughs> oh, so That's why you're mad. Okay, that's what the problem is. So, okay, I got so my team's
1: in the playoffs, so suck it. <laughs> so... so judas priest firepower yeah i mean i knew that i was a little bit bigger priest fan than Sonny, so that goes to show that priest falls at number four for him makes sense it's fine slash live in the dream like i said it had two or three slower songs on it so that's why it fell to number six for me but still a solid rock record no doubt about it Hailstorm, yep solid record striper solid record so all good shit. The scratch my head moments are probably the shine down, the black belt vibes, the God smack. Cause I didn't know you were that big of a God smack fan. The wine. just a a bullshit call. Basically. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a- anybody that's listening out there. You guys know how these top, uh, best of twenty eighteens. No live albums, no EPs and no greatest hits. It's very simple, and it's a, and it's straight across most podcasts and most best-of lists. It's always usually those three rules apply, and Sonny just shot his nose up at all of those rules and decided to put this one in there, which, you know, whatever. Uh, aren't Y&T on the cruise this year that's right. Yeah. I'm, and I'm going to tell him that you were talking shit about him. I'm going to have a conversation over some wine t wine with uh Dave Menachetti's wife and we're going to discuss Hollywood poonies inappropriate actions for this best of list.
2: All right, so before we get to our top 5, if you're out there and you didn't like the and T pick, go back to uh, episode 1 and listen to my number 6 song. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Whatever. <laughs> Before, All right, before we get into this uh, main uh, discussion, we got to do a little bit of this.
0: Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it.
1: All right, so just like the lovely and talented Samantha said, if you guys are digging what you're hearing, everybody's got a rock and roll story to tell, so tell us yours. Go to our website at growinguprock.com or go to the Facebook page. Leave us a comment. Leave us a recommendation. Go to Podchaser. Leave us a review. Rate our episodes. It all helps us out. It's all good shit, and we appreciate it. So... That's all we got to say about that. Let's get into this best of top five.
2: All right, so my number five is from Mr. Gus G. And uh, if you don't know who Gus G is, then you somehow missed his eight-year stint, Nazi and the 20-plus album he's released as a solo or a member of Firewind, Dream Evil, Night Rage, etc. Now, I don't blame you for that because a lot of this stuff was happening in Greece, so he rarely plays in the US. I do blame you if you somehow missed him on Ozzy, though. Fearless is Gus G's third official solo release, and I believe it's the first time he's had one singer throughout the entire album, so it's a little more cohesive. They were on AFM Records, came out in April. The bassist and the vocalist is Dennis Ward. And uh, if you remember a couple of episodes ago, we talked about Dennis Ward. He is actually the bass player in Pink Cream 69. And then the drummer was Will Hunt, who's been in Black Label Society. He's been in Device. He's been in Stained, plus Gus G. So they did it as a trio. Both Dennis and Gus are going to be on the Monsters Rock crew. So I'm kind of looking forward to some of the magic that's going to happen there. Gus G records, as you can probably understand since he's a guitar player, are very, very heavy guitar riffs, great solos, but uh, Gus does a good job of not being like Ingve. He's not, it's not just how many notes you can play fast and a bunch of instrumentals. He really likes the songwriting, the melody, the vocal. He likes the complete package instead of just kind of concentrating on himself. So check out this great track. It's the opening track of the record called Fearless, and the track is called Letting Go.
1: so this is a newer artist for me. I mean, I know who Gus G is. I got introduced to him when he was the Ozzy guitar player, but you're the one that kind of introduced some of his solo stuff. This song reminds me of something that would be on that Scream Ozzy record, maybe.
2: Uh, Yeah, yeah, you're right. And, uh, you know, because Gus has got a certain style, and you got to kind of write around that style. It's definitely more his style's more technical based than like even Zach. Zach's more of a feel kind of player, right? Yeah. So the, you know, just the music changes. Scream was an okay record. It wasn't that great though. No, there's some good stuff
1: on it. I mean, I got used to it. It's different, a little bit different record because he brings a completely different style than something said, uh, Zach did, but cool. All right. My number five. So back in the top, 10 through 6. I introduced you to one of my top bands, which was the Amorettes. Well, along with the Amorettes, there's another band at number five, which is another all female group called Thunder Mother. Now, Thunder Mother came on my radar a couple of years ago. I got introduced by somebody to them and I started going uh, after some of their catalog and they were very much sort of a ACDC-ish than the Amorettes, whereas the Amorettes are a little bit, uh, have a little bit more punk edge to them. Thunder Mother, not so much. Thunder Mother, just a more straight ahead kind of hard rock, maybe a little bit leaning towards the bluesier side of things. But Uh, I liked what I heard. I picked up the records, loved them. They released a new record this year, and come to find out the guitar player, who is the original, I guess, namesake of the band, or the person that's in charge of everything, the rest of the band is all completely new, except for this one guitar player. But the sound of the record is still very solid. Uh, It's a self-titled record, which maybe it's self-titled because the entire band is brand new, but they released this record. I don't know that it was my favorite out of their catalog, but again, still a very solid record that I enjoyed quite a bit and listened to it quite a bit over the course. This one got released pretty early in the year, so I've had almost a good year to let this one sink in. And then I heard they were on the Kiss Cruise, which I'm really jealous of that. I heard they were quite good. I wished I'd have been able to see them. But this is a song called Revival.
2: So this is what I was talking about with the Amorettes when I said that the chorus was just a little dry and the vocal was not dynamic. This lady's vocals are dynamic. She can sing. This album just missed my top 10. Love this album. Love Thunder Mother. Great song. And it's got that like classic rock feel, which yep. is really cool. Yeah, very much so.
1: You know, what do you have to go through when you replace an entire band and still, you're able to put together a fairly solid record. I mean, that's, that girl has to be uh, pretty damn
2: talented. They're, they're a Swedish band, by the way. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. All right. So my number four, I'm going to sound really excited, and then you're gonna, people are going to wonder why this was not my number one album. And I'm kind of wondering the same thing a little bit, but the other three albums are really, really good. From a band called Amaranth. The new album was called Helix. It's on the Spine Farm label, and it released in October. I'm telling you, Amaranth, if you've never heard it, it's like a balance of melody and Cookie Monster vocals, and I get it. People, it's like, oh, it's got Cookie Monster vocals. I'm out. I'm telling you, these guys do it different. And I've missed a couple of shots to see them live. I don't know why. There was always something in the way. Swedish band, been around 10 years. Helix is their fifth album. And all of their albums, they they started releasing them in 2011. All five albums are amazing. I would label them as symphonic metal. It's got a little bit of an industrial feel even. Great melodies, driving guitar riffs. They've got guys labeled as clean vocals, some labeled as cookie monster but tolerable. Uh, The members right now, just to give you an idea, Olaf Mork, who plays guitar, keyboards, and synthesizers, Elise Ridd, who does the female clean vocals? Morton Lowe Sorensen, who plays drums, Johan Anderson is the bass player, Henrik and England Williamson is the unclean vocals, so Cookie Monster. And Nils Molin is the clean vocals. I have been on this band. I've listened to Amaranth probably every day for the last five years. I absolutely love these guys check out this song. It's track number eight off the new album Helix, Breakthrough Starshot.
0: Obsession, my obligation. Bringing us closer to our deprivation. You are the spirit, like Lady Godiva. Fire a rocket, like a breakthrough star shot.
1: All right, so out of all your top 10, this one to me was pretty much one of the most interesting ones. So I've never heard of this band, I don't know anything about them. I saw them on your list, I was like, okay. So I went and checked it out, and I'm like, really? This is on Sonny's top 10 list, which is interesting. (laughs) You know, I kind of understood part of what you, why it would be attractive to you. I thought it was interesting. And I mean that in the most absolute positive way, because it's something where if I'm in the right mood, I would like to hear a little bit more of it and maybe some different songs. But I think everything that you said up front is 100% accurate of the way you describe the band. Uh, So I thought that's good. And then from my part, anybody in the band that's named Olaf, I'm in. I mean, I'm in. You got some dude named Olaf in your band. I'm a hundred percent in. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I thought it, I thought it was just uh, it was interesting, and and I will make it a point to check out a little bit more from this band because uh, I found it to be intriguing to me. So yeah, that's and, it.
2: And they don't overdo the Cookie Monster thing. I think that's part of what keeps me in. Because if they overdid that, I'd probably be out.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So on to my number four. So this is a band which is an absolute last minute late comer as in over the course of the last week, week and a half, two weeks. Again, I have Spotify to thank for this one. So Spotify puts this band song on my list and I'm digging it. Every time it comes around on the playlist, I'm like, I really like this song. I always have to look to see who it is, and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, it's this band, and I never heard of this band before, but they've been around for a while. Like This band put out records in 85, I think, so it's one of those bands that's been around early on, then it disappeared for a long time, then all of a sudden it came back. I don't know a ton about this band. All I know is that The band Crying Steel came up on my phone uh, on Spotify, and they put out a new record this year called Stay Steel. That's a creative name, whatever. But I'm telling you, this record from start to finish is solid. Like in the way that Striker was a solid rock record, this record's a solid rock record. It reminds me a lot of... EP Queensrike. So Queensrike on the EP. That's what it reminds me of. They're not as I don't know if proggy's the right word. They're more of a straight ahead solid heavy metal band as opposed to progressive. So I don't know if they're quite the players that the guys in Queensrike were, but they're Definitely, there's some guitar harmonies going on. The guitar or the singer has a really solid, clean, high register voice. Crying Steel, I shared some with Sonny earlier because I thought, oh, Sonny's going to love this song. And Sonny gave me a meh. So (laughs) so wasn't necessarily for Sonny. Maybe he'll go back and spend a little bit more time and and then tell me that he was a complete dumbass when he didn't like this. But anyway, I'm going to play a different song than the one I shared with Sonny. So this is a song called The Killer Inside.
2: Steve sends me this yesterday, and uh, I actually listened to clips of all the songs yesterday before I text you, meh. Then I saw it on your list today, and I'm like, all right, let me go listen to the song again. I liked it better today than I liked it yesterday. So this album is most likely a grower. Because for whatever reason, I heard something different in it today than I heard yesterday. Yesterday, I didn't hear... The old Queen's Right. Today I did. So I don't know. Maybe I wasn't into it yesterday. I have no clue. But I I gotta check out more of it. So I won't call myself a dumbass. Okay. But I won't call you one either.
1: All right. <laughs> but at least I think that this is gonna be one that that grows on Sonny because uh when I sent Sonny that thing, I'm like, this is right up his alley. And then he said no. And I said, I can't figure you out. And then he said something and I said, You don't like rock and roll at all. And then he puts black bale rides on his,
2: on his list, so I rest <laughs> my case. <laughs> All right, so some great movies came out this year. Probably two of my favorites, Bohemian Rhapsody for sure. That was a great movie. Yeah. Uh, the other one I really liked this year was Venom. I don't know if you saw Venom. I didn't actually. Nah. I didn't it was see. great. Huh. And the kids liked it too. It wasn't that scary. Like my youngest liked it. It didn't get great reviews though, did it? Yeah, but none of the none of the movies I like got great reviews. My favorite movie of all is Tequila Sunrise. I think it has like two stars on wherever it's from. Yeah, Nobody so, likes that movie. so I should
1: I should uh, I should definitely uh, explain that comment a little bit further. It's not that I check the reviews all the time, but generally, like because Venom is a, is a Marvel movie, so generally when Marvel movies come out, the reviews are usually pretty fair on them. Like, you know, they'll give it an 80 or, or above if it's a decent Marvel movie and, and that one didn't do all that well. So I was kind of like, okay, well this one must not be that great, but I didn't see it. So I can't comment on it. I don't know the character that well, but I'm definitely willing to check it out when it comes out for sure. Yeah, that's cool. How about you? Um, movies that I saw this year, definitely enjoyed the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. What else did I see this year? I'm trying to search my brain and think of what else came out this year that I saw. We don't go to a ton of movies just because I hate spending a bunch of money on movies that'll be out on DVD in two months, and uh, I've just had bad experiences like, you know I'd rather spend if a ticket cost me 15 bucks to go to a movie now I'd rather almost take that 15 bucks and go see a good club band or something you know and a lot of the shows that I see you know like 80s hard rock bands or stuff that are playing like a club tickets aren't much more than that nowadays so that's when I like to do that as opposed to going to movies so I can't really remember what else came out. I rented the Meg the other day, which I thought was meh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they could have done a lot better with it, but I thought it was meh. Um, shit, I just can't think of anything else that came out this year that I saw. What Marvel? That's okay. I usually see Marvel movies when they come out uh, because I like to see them on the big screen. Uh, yeah. so I don't know if Avengers came out this year, or what other characters came out,
2: uh, infinity war, I think came out this year.
1: Yeah. I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was okay. I am looking forward to Aquaman because it, the visual effects look spectacular. Like normally I wouldn't care about, uh, Aquaman as a character, but they've, they've made him look pretty damn cool.
2: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to two, actually.
1: So I'm kinda so. looking forward to
2: that. So we'll see how that is, but that's about it. All right. So my number three is from a band called Ammunition. Uh they're on the Frontiers label, got released in January. Ammunition's actually been around uh since twenty fourteen and it's basically a duo with a guy named Age Sten Nielsen, who was in Wigwam, and of course Eric Martinson. right? So they released their debut album. It was called Shank Hyde in 2015 and they did it on their own label. So technically this is kind of their, it's self-titled, but it's technically their second album. So I guess there's all kinds of award shows and an award you can win in Europe. And they released a song off this album and it won some Norwegian award. Like we're not like hearing any of that stuff because well, we live here. Um, So obviously this album did well, in uh, Norway, for sure. Bands got Age Sten Nelson on vocals, Eric on guitar, they got Victor Sito Borge on bass, John Patterson on guitars, uh, Les Finbraten on keyboards, and then uh, Magnus uh, Olfsted from Eclipse on drums. And I don't know if you know this, but Magnus used to play bass in Eclipse from uh, 2000, or he used to play drums in Eclipse. From 2000 to 2006 And then moved to bass So he's a pretty good drummer These songs Very much like Eclipse It's catchy It's got melodic hooks It's got crazy vocals The first time I listened to this album I was immediately hooked So check out this great track It's track number 6 off the album Ammunitions Self-titled Called Tear Your City Down it's finally
0: here Just a vacation Of screams and tears Turn off your satellite life And feel the beat Get on that table Get off that seat Whoa. Our Constitution
1: enjoyed it i haven't checked out the rest of the record but i'll definitely dig a little bit deeper into uh, that band uh I, d- I didn't know anything that was another band that i didn't know anything about like i didn't even know eric martinson was in this band
2: yeah he's in 85 other bands yeah
1: well you know i only concern myself for the most part with eclipse <laughs> <laughs> love yeah, that, <laughs> as
2: eclipse. soon as eric martinson and portnoy and sheehan And let's see, who else has like 20 other bands? Um, I guess those George Lynch. For sure. Oh, and George Lynch. As soon as those four get together, that'll be the super group. And between the four of them, they got 483 bands.
1: Is there such thing as a super group, super group? I don't know. (laughs) Like the
2: super group of a super group? (laughs) I don't know. Serafino, I mean, he's putting some cool stuff together. It's just... If it doesn't tour and all it is is great music, I said it's good enough for me. I'm not going to see these bands anyway. Yeah. But it's a shame that it doesn't tour. Yeah. Pontificate on that a little bit. Yeah.
1: Did I just blow your mind? Hell yes, I did. Supergroup <laughs> of a supergroup. group. Yeah. <laughs> all right. On to my number three. So talk about learning about new bands from top 10 list this band came into my radar a couple years back they released a record called whiskey fingers that ended up on somebody's top 10 list went and checked it out loved it old school kind of white snake sounding really really good solid uh record whiskey fingers this year they released raised on rock the band voodoo circle Again, just a solid melodic rock record. They're a lot sort of like probably not as bluesy as like an Inglorious. Inglorious is a little bit more deep purple, where Voodoo Circle is a little bit more white snake. And so uh Raised on Rock, this is a tune called The Ultimate Sin, not the Ozzy song. This is their own. A uh, song called The Ultimate Sin and this song kicks ass. Check it out.
2: So I don't know anything about Voodoo Circle, and uh, when I saw this on your list, I'm like, why is he picking cover songs? He's, <laughs> he's going to give me shit about my Y&T, and he's picking cover songs? <laughs> right? And of course, why that Ozzy cover song? <laughs> then obviously I realized it was not a cover song. So I'm listening to it, I'm like, Jesus, these guys are awesome. How <laughs> the hell did I miss this album? So I'm going to have to check out some more Voodoo Circle, because I love that riff. And I love that song.
1: Yeah, and you're gonna love Whiskey Fingers as well. Go back and check out that record. And this record's good, and it is right up your alley. So you should enjoy both those records quite a bit. But yeah, Voodoo Circle, awesome. And and they had they're another band that's gone through like a lot of member changes. And uh, so I think that there is a different lineup from Voodoo Circle to um raised on or from whiskey fingers to raised on rock is a different lineup change from what I was uh reading somewhere. Um so I, I don't know what it is with these bands uh because you you saw uh Inglorious just went through a huge member change, right? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So it's just I don't know. Today's day and age, I guess, hard to keep a band together. But
2: Voodoo Circle Raised on Rock. Check it out. All right, so on to my number two. So if you like crunchy guitars, you like that Dickinson Coverdale-style vocal, massive drums, great guitar solos, then you've come to the right place because Animal Drive was made for you. This band is on Frontiers Records. The album came out in February 2018. It's uh, four Croatian 20-something guys. Uh, Dino, the lead singer, is really the driving force. I won't even attempt to pronounce the rest of the names. Uh, You can look that up on the Google Schmoogle or whatever on your own. Honestly, it's amazing how great this record is. and I don't have a clue if it was marketed at all, but it sure the hell wasn't marketed like Greta Van Fleet was, and that's too bad because this album is absolutely outstanding. The song I'm going to play for you off an album called Bite. The song is called Devil Took My Beer Again. You know what, honestly, I'd okay I'd be okay if the Devil took my beer as long as the devil handed me a pint of Jack instead. Check this out.
1: standing rock and roll from animal drive that record is fantastic and maybe it's the fact that you know it came out early in the year and we've had almost a year to spend with it but this record start to finish as you will find out is amazing
2: yeah it's uh, it, might, it might be that i've heard it so much and it's just the songs are like imprinted in my head and then i started thinking i'm like i'm never going to see these guys live like I have no idea where they play. If they play the U.S., I have no idea. You can be like Rich Dillon and go to all the foreign festivals and probably Dude, I catch. Ain't him. got it like that guy. <laughs> if if I hung out with him for the year, I would be divorced, possibly dead. Because I can't hang with that guy. That guy's guy's too
1: crazy. That's why we have to take the opportunity and do exactly what we're doing at the end of February and going on the Monsters of Rock cruise and seeing Eclipse. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. (laughs) All right. So on to my number two. So, you know, God rest his soul, the wonderful and great Lemmy passes away, not this year, but passes away and Motorhead comes to an end. And so what do you do when you're the guitar player in Motorhead? Well, if you're the drummer, you go and you get a gig with the Scorpions. Fantastic. But if you're the guitar player, Phil Campbell, well, you start a band with your son. Hence, Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons is born. The Age of Absurdity is the name of the record. And this record is freaking awesome from start to finish solid rock and roll record at times sounding a little bit like the music of Motorhead but with a little bit better vocals. God rest his soul, Lemmy was never the best singer in the world and this guy isn't necessarily the best singer but it's solid. I don't think it's Phil Campbell singing. I think he's just playing guitar. Uh, Might be his son singing. I don't know but this is a solid record and What says rock and roll but a song called Get On Your Knees?
2: I haven't spent enough time with this record. The singer's good. I was never a huge Motorhead fan. I I like the hits. Uh, I think it was Lemmy's voice. Lemmy's a god. Don't, don't, please send, don't send hate mail to me. (laughs) Lemmy's a god. I get it. But, you know, I was just never into kind of that thrashier metal. Uh, It just never connected with me. Uh, But there were some Motorhead songs I liked. Same thing here. There's, there's, it's straight ahead rock. I get it. It's good stuff. But, uh, it wasn't going to make my top ten, but uh, I haven't spent enough time with it either, though.
1: Yeah, I think you might want to check it out a little bit more. It's definitely, to me, uh, it's nothing like Motorhead. I, I that, like I said, there are times where some of the music maybe is a little bit Motorheadish, but not that much. It's definitely not a thrash record. Uh, it's just really a dirty, dirty rock and roll record. I mean, basically, uh, heavy, hard, straight ahead hard rock. I was actually so surprised that I really enjoyed it as much as I did because I didn't have really that high expectations when I started uh, down the road with this record, but really enjoyed it. So there you go.
2: Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons, The Age of Absurdity. All right, so we talked about movies, we talked about concerts, we talked about TV shows, Another form of entertainment that Steve and I both partake in is other podcasts, right? So, tons of podcasts out there we listen to between the two of us. We don't, we have some crossover, but uh, there's a select few that one of us listens to, maybe the other one doesn't, which is fine. So, I just wanted to talk about maybe some of the fave episodes that I listened to this year. One was The Hustle episode 149 John interviewed Ray Parker Jr. It was a great episode. He's got some great interviews. Uh, Keith Scott from Brian Adams, that was another great interview that he did. So uh, that was probably one of my favorites. Uh, Decibel Geek, episode 326, they interviewed Damon Johnson. That was a great one too. I really, I, le- I really love that one. Any come to mind for you?
1: You know what? I'm friends with so many of these people, and I hate to – Go out on the limb and say, well, I like this one. And you know, but the ones that are at the top of my list and, and probably because they're more recent because I do listen to a lot of podcasts. So much like my own show, once I listen to it and I, I move on, then it kind of goes, it kind of goes by the wayside. And the same can be said for the shows that we record and I edit once I'm done editing, it goes by the wayside for me unless somebody brings something up. But I think that the recent interview that Bako did with Jakey Lee was fantastic. I think Jake, uh, you know, was very forthcoming and just was on a roll and felt comfortable with, uh, with Jason. And, and so Bako just, you know, he, he let it go. And that was a fantastic interview. Another one that I liked quite a bit was, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but Rudy Sarzo has his own podcast now, and oh, he does! I didn't know that he does. And you know, I I don't think the person editing his podcast does a very good job. Rudy, call me up; I'll be happy to edit your podcast for you. But he did a four-part interview with Frankie Banali and. Not that I'm a huge Quiet Riot fan or even a Frankie Benali fan, but the interview was really great because it was essentially Rudy and Frankie, because their career has been together so long, even way back before they even moved to Los Angeles, that they went through these four parts and they were reminiscing about all these things that happened along the way. And they had some really great stories and it was a really, really good four part episode. And, and his podcasts are usually like 30 minutes a piece. They're not, uh, so it wasn't like, you know, four hour and a half episodes. It was a uh, four half hour episodes or so, but he does some good interviews, you know, because he connects with these people on a kind of an equal level and in a lot of cases uh the person is just you know happy that rudy is talking to them <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> so uh, it's interesting but i i really enjoyed that four-parter uh with frankie banali and and rudy sarzo something else i equally i liked the damon johnson interview that decibel geek guys did i thought that was a really good interview I thought the Ages of Rock guys did a really great job with Jeff Pilson. I thought that interview was was pretty good.
2: Yeah, I, I like that Jakey Lee and the Jeff Pilsen interviews too. Those were good.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think if there was anything else that uh, sits on my list. I'm sure there must be. It's just, you know, I'm old. What can I tell you? <laughs> That's true.
2: <laughs> All right, so on to our number ones which we disagree that this band is mainstream because my partner here had them as his number two mainstream band. I'm sorry, but the Dead Daisies are not mainstream. Yes, they are. My When I look at my mainstream... Uh, lists dead, the Dead Daisies would open for every one of these bands. There are, they are not mainstream. It, it,
1: it, they're a super group that has, they're on album number four or five. Yeah. Uh, who cares? But, Sunstro- Sunstorm's on their like seventh. That doesn't matter. Yeah, but there's there's nobody famous i mean i mean it's not like Jolin turner that's not what i meant by that what i what i meant by that was uh you know you don't have you're talking about bands that open for bands well some bands are openers all their all their career i mean look at docking they were basically an opening act throughout their
2: entire career yeah i don't see dead daisies as a mainstream band now if you disagree with me, that's okay. Number one, you'd be wrong. And number two, <laughs> you can go back to episode one and listen to my number six song. But anyway, you know, what else can be said about the Dead Daisies, right? The the combination of Aldrich and Mendoza and Lowey and Karabi and Castronovo, they released another great album. And they just seem like they can't break through the next level. I thought opening for Kiss a couple of years ago that they would be in a position to be able to headline some places and really do like a full, you know, hundred date us tour and they just can't break out here. I don't know what the hell the problem is. They're great band. We both love them. I think the rock community loves them. Europe loves them, but for whatever reason, I can't see them live because they don't play, but 12 dates a year in the U S. So, um, it's kind of crazy, but anyway, off of, uh, their album, burn it down. They're on Spitfire Records, so they're not on Frontiers. Released in April 2018. Here's a great song, the final track off of Burn It Down. It's called Leave Me Alone.
1: Daisies. Nothing bad to say about the Daisies. Like I said, they were in my top 10. Solid band. I was fortunate enough to see them live, uh, which Hollywood apparently has not yet. But all in good time, my friend. All in good time. The Dead Daisies. They don't give up. They keep plugging away. So hopefully they'll play a few more US dates this year.
2: Yeah, I think they just uh, did they just announce Europe and UK, or maybe they already did Europe and UK. Yeah, uh, they go back and forth a lot. They do a lot of European dates. Yeah, the Winery Dogs announced a 2019 tour. Can't wait.
1: Yeah, woo! I saw they're play They don't have an Atlanta date, but they do have
2: a Nashville date. Uh, they're playing back to back nights at the casino, twenty minutes from here. There you go. You, I bet you're going to be there both nights,
1: stalking the shit oh, out of hell. And- yeah.
2: Yep, with my dog mask and a little hat on.
1: Positive that restraining order is being issued as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so on to my number one. How did I get so lucky as to be the last one to forward my number one? So much like the striker record earlier where Sonny had them uh, and then I had him the next pick were not much different In this one, Sonny's number two, Animal Drive, was my number one. Animal Drive, Bite, is just an absolute masterpiece, solid rock record. And for a brand new band with their first record, there's no way, if you're a hard rock or metal fan, that you don't like this record. Go out and check out Animal Drive. This is a song called Fade Away.
2: So on that song It's a little more D.O.-esque Which is great I love the song But I noticed today When I was listening to it And I've probably heard it 20 times I noticed today That Fade Away And um, a song by Shinedown Called Breaking Inside Is very similar It's the vocal melody
1: I don't know Shine, Down's not going to have As good of a song As Animal Drive So I don't believe That's probably true You might want to
2: go check it out Yeah, it's probably it's not true Whatever Dude
1: you had black veil brides on your list and that that <laughs> let that go that ended any like um you know uh cred that you had <laughs>
2: uh, whatever
1: god dang black veil brides get the fuck out i can't of here. believe
2: you don't like the black
1: veil brides yeah. what's not to like
2: they blow
1: uh, there's nothing good about that band what is good about that band
2: Oh, they're awesome, dude. That's a good aggressiveness. Oh my God.
1: Anyway. Okay. So just like Sonny did in the last episode, I'm going to end this episode and, um, we'll recap everything with this episode, but I'm going to talk about, uh, some records that didn't quite connect with me. TNT put out a new record this year and Tony Harnell's no longer in a band. I don't know who the guy they got singing for them, but the singer's really not the problem. The songs were the problem for me. So TNT, I guess the record is just uh, eight. Is that the record? It's a V with three slashes. So I think that's eight. I don't know my Roman numerals, but this is a, <laughs> this is a different record, man. I mean, I listened to it again today. And it's just, I don't know, man. I just don't know. It's not the TNT that I love. Uh, and I was a big TNT fan. Uh, but this one is just not a good record in my opinion. Uh, just doesn't connect with me. I shouldn't say it's not a good record. Don't listen to that. Just listen to the fact that it didn't connect with me you should go check out TNT if you're a TNT fan. You should go check out this record and make up your own mind because, I don't know, maybe you like it. A record that I was super, super, super excited about because I love this band, and this is a band that just I went and got all the catalog. They only have a couple other records out in an EP, but Diamonds, so huge Diamonds fan. But this record, for whatever reason, just has a little bit different feel than the last record for me, and maybe I just haven't spent enough time with it, but I tried to go back to it, and and my opinion was the same, which is, it's maybe just a little bit, has like sort of a, I don't know if pop is the right word, but just has a little bit different edge, a little bit more of a commercial edge to it than the last record. I thought the last record was much more raw. And so I enjoyed it much more than I did this one, but I'm super excited to see the band live. So yeah, that's it for Diamonds. But my third record on the list, I'm a huge Black Label Society fan, but BLS Grimmest Hits uh, missed the mark with me. It just, I, I just didn't, um, connect with this, uh, record and this record was released pretty early in the year. And I wasn't sure whether it was like, uh, is it a greatest hits record? Cause you know, it's called grimest hits. Uh, but no, it's new material, but just for whatever reason, didn't, I didn't keep going back to it. Like I did some of the other black label society records. All right. So so now we get to Ghost. Uh, I know there's a bunch of people out there that absolutely love Ghost. I don't get it. I've tried to get it. I seriously have tried to get it. I think it's great for rock and roll because so many people are into this band, and it's a rock and roll band, and I get the, the Mystique and all that other stuff. And I'm exactly on the same boat as Sonny was in terms of I love the song Rats. I loved Dance Macabre. But then there's so much other crap on that record that is just, I don't like it. It blows. People, quit drinking the Kool-Aid. It's uh, churchy orchestra, keyboardy crap with some dude telling people he's a cardinal (laughs) i don't i don't know man i listen live i thought it's interesting i've seen them live twice now i get it but i don't get it (laughs) you know i don't know what to tell you i'm not drinking the kool-aid i think they're hit or miss is there some ghost songs that i like yep absolutely there is but that's where it ends so that's all i'm gonna say about ghost okay ace fraley ace has never been the best singer but i love his solo record and i love some of the like fraley's comet and trouble walking some stuff like that but the stuff that ace has been doing lately anomaly and space invader it's just i don't know just i'm not connecting with it and this record really is not much different I'm super happy and excited that he's got a new band. Uh, I hope that they do awesome. Who knows? Maybe he'll um, work with them and do a new record, and uh, it'll turn out awesome. I'm an Ace Freely fan. I love Ace, but just the record and the songs, you know, uh, I can't pinpoint it, but it's not something that I listen to over and over again. So that's what
2: I'll say about that. And that's it for me. All right. So let me review your top five you don't connect with. TNT, hard to connect when you get the album name wrong. It's X111 because it's their 13th studio album.
1: I thought it's V. Isn't there a V (laughs) on there? No, it's an X. You sure?
2: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know my alphabet. Quit busting my balls. (laughs) And the lead singer's name is Baul Bardot wulsada uh, and i i, god, I don't connect god, with it either god bless you <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't connect with it either i get you but yeah it's called 13 because it's their thirteenth studio album yeah, i thought they uh, had diamonds more- how dare you say anything bad about diamonds and priya i'm gonna totally call you out in front of her when we see her at the monsters of rock roost i'm gonna say see that guy right there that dude he hates you dude i wouldn't, see what she says. i wouldn't do
1: that because she she strikes me as somebody that might go ape shit on me <laughs> <laughs> so
2: so please don't do that i actually like the diamonds record it, it didn't make my top 10 but uh i liked it uh bls i know what you're talking about It it seemed like it dragged a little and it didn't have the same punch as some of the other albums but i love bls but for some reason, I didn't listen to it again either. Yeah, same so, thing. Did you, did you see what I was it. saying about the Diamonds record, though? But I like the pop. I like it that it was a little lighter and a little less punk. But you do agree that that it is that, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I don't like it any less. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Uh, Ghost, Peter, and Vinny, we love you. We think you're great. Uh, it's just the band you love we don't love so much. Mark Streagle loves them, too. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> They're hitting miss for me. Yeah, and then Ace, like, I, I, what else can be said about Ace? <laughs> Ace, I love you. You're my favorite Kiss member. I just got to stop expecting seventy-eight solo album every time you release something. All right. So before we sign
1: off and sign out of here, let's just recap our top ten mainstream, and then our top ten not so mainstream i'll go first so my top 10 mainstream records were saxon at number 10 with thunderbolt d snyder for love of metal at nine stephen Piercy's a view to a kill at eight Slash's living the dream at seven greta van fleet's anthem of the peaceful army at six the struts young and dangerous at five hailstorms vicious at four Striper, Goddamn Evil, at three. Dead Daisies, Burn It Down, at two. And The Mighty Priest with Firepower, at number one. My not-so-mainstream top albums were Cortini with Rolling, at number ten. Udo with Steel Factory, at number nine. The Amorettes with Born to Break, at number eight. Dream Child with Until Death We Meet Again at number seven. Strikers Play to Win at number six. Thunder Mothers Self Titled at number five. Crying Steel Stay Steel at number four. Voodoo Circle Raised on Rock at number three. Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons with The Age of Absurdity at number two. And Animal Drive with Bite at number one.
2: All right. Hollywood's mainstream top 10 was D Snyder at number 10 for Love a Metal, at number 9 Shine Down Attention Attention, at number 8 The Mighty Black, Black Veil Brides with Veil, number 7 Allison Chains Rainier Fog, number 6 Godsmack When Legends Rise, number 5 No It's Not Cheating YNT Acoustic Live Album Volume 1 EP, yes I know, number 4 Judas Priest Firepower. Number three, Slash's Living the Dream. Number two, Hailstorm Vicious. And number one, Striper's Goddamn Evil. My not-so-mainstream top ten. Number ten was Sunstorm, The Road to Hell. Number nine was Lords of the Black, Icons of the New Days. Number eight was Nordic Union, Second Coming. Number seven was Striker, Play to Win. Number six was Roxanne's Radio Silence. Number five was Gus G. Fearless. Number four was Amaranth Helix. That's a great album. you got to check that out. Number three, Ammunition, self-titled album. Number two was Animal Drive Bite. And number one, it is not mainstream. The Dead Daisies, Burn It Down.
1: There you have it, people. Another year in the books, another two-parter best of in the books. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope that you guys will go and share your top tens with us on our Facebook page. Go to Chaser, leave us a review. Feel free to share your top ten in the review Like I said, I think these top 10 lists are great for all the podcasts, all the publications, because every year I go and read what other people's top 10s are, and every year I discover somebody new that I end up loving. There were several selections, the Amorettes, Thunder Mother, those were all on somebody else's top 10 a few years ago and so I became fans and started following them from those lists. There were a ton of other great records that were released this year. Go out there, seek out the new rock and roll,
2: support your favorite artist. And then I will also tell you we're both staff writers for Decibel Geek, so Decibel Geek usually does a top 10 of 2018, but uh, usually it's just one top 10 list, so if you see our top 10 list on there most likely you will see a combination of our mainstream list and our deeper list combined and uh putting a top 10 together so just in case you see it different you're wondering what the hell is going on that's why.
1: Yeah, I I think I've been kicked out of that. I don't I'm not 100% sure but I think I have I haven't. I haven't unfortunately had the time to contribute a whole lot there but I understand. <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah, there's there's tons of other shit uh, out there. So,
2: go seek it out. You got anything else to add before we get out of here? I'm gonna tell you one more thing. It was out of format, so uh, I didn't bring it up until just now. Prince the state released a new album called Piano and a Microphone 1983, and it's basically just Prince on a piano doing demos of songs. Uh, by himself. He didn't know it would ever be released. It is unbelievable. So if you're a Prince fan, you've got to track this thing down. They have it on vinyl. They got it on CD. They got it on download. It is worth the money. Go check it out. Besides that, I appreciate everybody listening. I appreciate uh, the listeners following us the whole year. I appreciate everything you do for us. And uh thank you. We love you guys. See you next week. Later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and
1: roll. Play us out, boys.